0: usually do this on sunday giving out a outline uh, but for some reason some reason this morning god wanted me to do that and so i printed some up and if you got them amen uh, uh if you didn't and you need one is anybody i need uh brother bruce if you can get five fast people uh brother echoes if you'll help him uh, uh uh brother john you're back there if you can uh do a runner brother joey And uh, if you need an outline this morning, if you need an outline to follow along, you say, what I need this? This may be something you can tuck back in your Bible, and one day uh, 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 you can keep it, and I've got the verses there for you. If you need an outline this morning, uh, just just raise your hand real quick, and they will run like the wind. I'm talking about like a cheetah, a cheetah. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter number 1. Acts chapter number 1, uh, we are going to be going through the, the path to the passion, uh, taking steps that the Lord took, the four places that he, uh, 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 he was at, and the lessons that we can learn from the path to the passion. Make sure, I want everybody that wants one to get one, right there in the middle, way in the back, right there in the back, Brother John, if you see that hand. All right. All right, anybody else need one? Did anybody not get one? All right, man, I appreciate it. I appreciate your faithfulness to follow along. And sometimes these little lessons help you follow along and stay with me. And uh, so we're going to do that this morning. Aren't you glad to be saved? Amen. I want you all to stand with me, uh, all to stand with me, if you will, at the reverence and the reading of God's holy word. Oh, what a blessing it is to be here this morning. Acts chapter number 1, and we're going to begin reading in verse number 1. When you get to Acts 1-1, say amen for me. The Bible says, The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and, what's that word? Say it with me real loud. Teach. Teach. Until the day in which he was taken up, after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself, what's that word? Aren't you glad? After his passion. passion. Two words I want you to get. Teach and passion. Say that with me. Teach Teach. and passion. Passion. The Bible says, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion, the word passion there means a suffering, uh, the time of his life toward the end, uh, after his passion by many infallible proofs dear heavenly father i thank you so much for your blessing thank you for all that's here god nobody in this world knows how much that i need you right now like you do and you know my need and god i pray that you'll fill me with your power thank you for the sign team thank you for all the singers the special songs the choir lord everything that's done today god now let us conclude the service with a word from heaven god we'll thank you for it in jesus name we pray amen Amen. You can be seated this morning. I usually will take, most of the time, uh, my typical messages, my typical outlines, came uh, they'll usually come from one chapter, and we'll take that chapter and dissect it, and divide it up and bring it back together and try to rightly divide the Word of God. And we'll usually stay in one compact compartment there, uh, but that is not the way that I was going to do it this morning. It's not the way the Lord was leading. And uh, so we're going to just follow the Lord, and these outlines will help you with that. We're going to hopscotch a little bit through the Gospels and look at different places of the Lord in the passion of the Christ, in the suffering of the Christ, during the time of, listen, the Lord paying the payment for sin. Are you with me? And I want to preach this morning on on the lessons in the path to the passion, the lessons we learn in the path. Uh, Luke said that while he was here, the Lord did many great things, many miracles, and he was always teaching something to be learned. Are you with me this morning? And I want to take this morning, and it's not a typical one for me, but it's what God wants us to know. Uh, God wants us to learn some things. And in the four places I find, uh, we find the Lord in the guest room uh, at the Lord's Supper. Then we find the Lord in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, there in the place where he prayed great drops of blood. Then we find the Lord at Galgotha's Hill. And then we find the Lord at the grave. Now we're going to take those four places and learn some things this morning. Are you with me so far? Number one, I want you to see the Lord in the guest room. The Lord in the guest room. What lesson does He want to teach us in the guest room, in the upper chamber, in the place? Uh, where he held the Lord's Supper, I believe with all my heart that the Lord was teaching us a lesson in service. Say that with me, a lesson in service. Uh, we all know the story. If you go back, uh, you don't have to turn to save time. I've got a paper clip right here, and I can go to it real quickly. Uh, John chapter number 13, it says, When when the Lord knew his time was up, the Bible said, Knowing that the Father had given all things at his hand, that he was come from God and went to God, he riseth from supper and laid aside his garments, and took a towel, and girded himself. After that he pours water into a basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with a towel wherewith he was girded. Two lessons I want to see, and I want you to write down. The first one here, and it's, it's, it's different, it's a it's, 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 it's little, uh, most of the time when you come to this particular story, you come to this particular portion of Scripture, you'll always want to insert the word humility. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Jesus humbled himself. Jesus took off his outer garment and put on the garment of a servant just like he did when he came to the earth to save you and me. He made himself of no reputation. The king of kings took upon the form of man and a servant and gave up and was humbled to the point of death. And we always use that word humility. And it was a great word that started with H and it would fit. Amen. But God wouldn't let me use it here. We knew, we know that God teaches humility. We do know that. We know that God taught us that through this. But the word that God kept echoing in my mind and echoing in my heart is the word honor. Honor. H O N O R. Honor. Did I spell that right? That's a miracle. Amen. Honor. I said, Lord, what do you mean? He said this, and, and he took me back to a verse. Uh, If you'll give me that verse right there, Brother Barnes, if you will, underneath uh, that, Luke 22, verse 15. This is the Lord speaking uh, before the supper began. How many of y'all know that Jesus knows everything about everything? Jesus knew what was going to happen in that dinner before the dinner ever took place. Jesus knew where the dinner was going to take place. He knew who was going to provide the dinner. He knew where, listen, everything about it, he knew about it. And this is what he said. And he said unto them, with desire, I have desire to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. What is he saying? Man, my heart is longing. I looked up that word desire. It means to set the heart upon. It was his greatest desire to be there with his disciples, to be there and experience What he was fixing to experience. Preacher, what are you saying? He knew he was going to wipe their feet. He knew he was going to serve them and wash their feet. And he said, I desired it. I set my heart upon it. It was an honor and a privilege for me to serve my people. Now, what are you saying? We need to learn the lesson that Jesus is teaching us. Service is not something that we begrudge. Service is not something we try to avoid. Service is not something we try to get out of. Serving others is an honor and a privilege. Jesus served us, and we ought to want to serve one another. Yeah. The honor in serving. The honor, the privilege that we have. Oh, what a, what a privilege. I, I went to the hospital. Went to the hospital uh, a Friday night, right after the services. Right after services, called and a, 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 a young lady, a, a, a little young lady, broke her elbow, and I mean, just broke the, the end, slam off. I mean, just broke it off, and and uh, and uh, she told her dad, she said, "Would you call the preacher?" Oh, would you call the preacher? Did you, did you please call the preacher. Well, they were roundabout, got Got through, got through. My Uncle Chucky and Uncle Chucky got a hold of me, and, and, uh, and, and we went on up there, and, and, uh, and they just kept saying, Oh, thank you for coming, thank you for coming, thank you. I said, You don't understand. You do not understand. This is an honor. Amen. This is a privilege. Yes. That little baby kept calling for the preacher. Yes. Son, I tell you what, I would to walk through hell and high water to get to that little baby. Hey, Amen. Amen. Demons and devils couldn't have kept me away. What an honor it is to serve one another. Not only the honor do we learn this lesson that Jesus is saying, man, it's an honor to serve one another. And I'm going somewhere. I'm going to use that phrase that preacher uh, Craig said. Amen. I'm going somewhere. Amen. Listen, honor in serving. Then B, the lesson that we learn, there's happiness in serving. Amen. Happiness in serving. You, you, you said, is that biblical? Oh, yeah. I'm not going to give you something that ain't in the book. Yeah. Get, is, did I copy that one there, Brother Barnes? John thirteen seventeen. This is after it was all said and done. After all the washing was over, he said, "If you know these things, what's that word? Happiness. Billions of dollars are spent every year. People trying to find happiness. That's right. They're spending it on alcohol. Listen, they're spending it on dope. They're spending it on drugs. They're, listen. They're spending it on uh, loose living." trying to find happiness. But the thing is, when they sober up the next day, that key to happiness is gone and the sorrow's still there, their empty life is still there, their is still there, their problem is still there. But oh, if you'll just fall down at the foot of the cross, you'll find a source of happiness that the world can't take away. He said, happy, happy, happy are ye if ye do then. Some of the most the most happy times of my life is when I've been serving others. I remember when we went to Brother brother Smitty's house when uh, they they needed a roof and a bunch of us guys went over there and, man, we was having a big time putting that roof on. You said, that was hard work, but you couldn't ask one person. There wasn't a person on that roof that wasn't happy about it. Jesus said, Listen, the world, the devil has thrown you a curve. The devil has lied to you. Uh, listen, the devil will tell you happiness is found when others are serving you. But the Bible said it's more blessed to give than to receive. And if you've been on one end of that or the other, the giving in or the receiving end, everybody knows it's a whole lot more blessed. It's a whole lot more fun. It's a whole lot more exciting to give something to somebody than to take it. Ain't nothing like it. And in that upper room, it all began. It all started there. It all started there. Brother Jay, that was where that's where the, the passion story really begins. Where Jesus really gets down to the nitty-gritty and begins to teach them lessons. And the first lesson he taught them was a lesson in serving. How many of y'all can see that? Say amen. amen. And then we move out of we move out of the upper room. They sing a hymn and they go and they leave and they go to a place called Gethsemane. The Garden of Gethsemane. The Garden of Gethsemane. We know, and let me read, let me read so you know I'm in the book. I'm in the book, I promise you, I'm in the book. Mark chapter number 14. Uh, You don't turn there, I got it right here. Mark chapter number 14. The Bible says in verse number 32. After they came out of the upper room. After they came out of the upper room. Are you with me so far? Say amen. Amen. They came to a place which was named Gethsemane. It was named Gethsemane. It's very significant that the name is Gethsemane. The word Gethsemane means olive press. Say that with me. It means. It, it is. Listen. It was there the olive garden. There they would take the olives and they would put it in a, a vat, a big, huge, look like almost one of them up uh, above ground swimming pools, and they would put they would put those olives in there and they would crush olive press. Say that with me. Olive. They would press, put pressure on those olives. And, and when they would put the pressure on those olives, that juice, that oil, that anointing, mm, it'd come out them olives. It took pressure to get the desired result. And the Bible said, the Bible said when Jesus went into the... Let me read it, let me read it. It says... They said to the disciples, sit ye here while I pray. And he taketh with him Peter, James, and John and began to be a sore amazed and to be very heavy. You know those olives underneath that press, that press was very heavy. And saith unto them, my soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Terry, that doesn't sound like something God would be saying. It was Christ's humanity speaking out. We see him in the garden here. We see him in his humanity, and we see him in his deity. And I'll explain that in a minute. But he said, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry here and watch. And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed, if it were possible the hour might pass from him. And he said, but Father, all things, say that with me, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. Brother Spence, it says, the Gospels say that he was so intense, so there was so much pressure on him at this particular time that he began to sweat. I mean, he was praying so hard, he began to sweat. He broke out into a sweat. Listen, all the sweat uh, uh, follicles on it, in his skin, they began to exert, listen, that sweat. And he uh, listen, he was praying under such pressure that the pressure was so great. The Bible says that his sweat became as great drops of blood. That is a medical possibility. It's been recorded. That's happened. And he was under such extreme pressure that his sweat became as great drops of blood. I begin to think about that. What was was bothering him so much? What was so intense in the Lord's heart and his soul? He said, my soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. I'm under such a great tension, a great pressure here. I believe it was twofold. It's not in your notes, so don't, don't write. You can write it if you want to. But, but I, my wife wrote it down for me this morning. I was in the shower thinking about this. And, 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 and boy, God said, in his humanity, in his humanity. Do you remember what he said? Do you remember what he said about let this cup pass from me? Did you all remember that in, in the gospel? Let this cup pass from me. In his humanity, in what? In his humanity, his man. Uh, listen, what are you saying? God was all man, but he was all God. It was the miracle supernaturally. He was incarnate man. He had had every feeling that you and I have. He had every, listen, when he got tired, he would get, listen, he would want to go to bed. And listen, when he didn't have nothing to eat, he would get hungry just like you and I did. He would get weary like in his humanity. In his humanity, he's in this garden. And in his humanity, he's facing the brutal cup of suffering. Say it with me. The brutal cup of suffering. Of suffering. Listen, he knows what's fixing to happen. He knows that he is the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. He knows, listen, through the prophecy of the Old Testament, that they're going to lash his back open. He knows that the crown of thorns is coming. He knows that the beating is coming. He knows that the cross is coming. He said, oh God, in his humanity, he says, oh God, let this come. The brutal cup of suffering, but in his deity. See, it goes far beyond. We think it's just always oh, just a cross. He's, but in his deity, in his what? He's facing the bitter cup of sin. Richard, what are you saying? I'm saying the one who had never sinned. The one who had never had an ill thought. The one who had never, ever sinned, never, ever cussed, never, ever did anything that was displeasing to the Father. In Him who was no guile, He was the perfect, spotless Lamb of God who knew no sin. He was the Prince of life, the one they cried, Holy, Holy, Holy. Holy Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come, the perfect spotless Lamb of God was facing all the sins of the world. He was fixing to have to take the bitter dregs of sin. He said, let this cup pass from me. God, I've never sinned. God, I've never had a blemish. God, I've never had an evil thought. And he was fixing to take upon himself every single rape, every single child molestation, every single cuss word, every single murder, every single... Are you all with me? Every sin, every homosexual act, everything that man could ever do in his vile, his wicked behavior, he was fixing to take it all upon himself. That's why the Bible said there was such a contradiction of sinners against himself. Are you all with me? This is what he was facing in that garden. He was facing in his humanity the brutal cup of suffering. He was facing in his deity, listen, the bitter cup of sin. But there were some things that got him through it. How many of y'all know? We're talking about lessons, aren't we? In the garden, we learn a lesson in submission. How many of y'all know this morning, and I'm getting somewhere. How many of y'all know this morning that there'll come a time in your life when you're going to have to make a choice whether you're going to submit to the Lord or not? How many of you can can say amen with your preacher and and feel the same way your preacher does and find out sometimes those times ain't the easiest times in the world? When you know the Lord's wanting you to go this way, but it's more comfortable to go this way. And God is wanting you to give up this, but you know it feels so good to hold on. Jesus said, if if you will, if you will, please take it away. If you will, I'm begging you. I'm pleading with you. I know you can't. If you will. Are you all with me? Preacher, what can we learn? What lesson can we learn in the garden? I want you to write this down. When it comes time to the place that you come before God, God's dealing with your heart about a situation, maybe a ministry, maybe a sin, maybe a a situation, maybe a job, I I don't know what it might be. Whatever it might be, when you come to that place, you're going to have to decide, am I going to submit to his authority? Am I going to submit to him or not? There's some things I want you to remember. A, write this down. I want you to see this. I want you to see the awareness in submission. What will help you be submissive to the Almighty? Knowing that God can do anything. Uh, For instance, for instance, Brother Privet, when God was dealing with me me about preaching, I said, "Mm hmm. I'm telling you, my, my makeup and my, character i was so nervous man i'm telling you i, I didn't i didn't i, I, I didn't know oh, i'd get to stuttered and stammering, and, and lord don't put me up in front of nobody man i don't want i can't do that what are they going to think i was 17 years old i knew it before then but that was by that time i had a little courage to get it done amen but i said lord i can't do that what are they going to say and you know what i had to come to the point that hey if god is calling me yeah. he can fit me to get it done And when it comes time to your place of submission, when it comes time to that time in your life when you have to say, Lord, I'm going to give in, why don't we give in right away? Because a lot of times we're scared. Why don't we just get on up out of that chair? How them people to raise their hand. listen, service after service after service, they raise their hand that they know they're lost. They know that if they were to die right now, they'd go to hell. But their fear of hell is not as strong as their fear of getting up in front of somebody. But if you'll realize this, he said, and when he was praying in the garden, he said, Lord, I know all things are possible with you. And he knew that if he submitted, God could get him through it. You may be here this morning. and God may have been dealing with you for a while now. And you're just afraid to move. Well, I guarantee you this. If you'll submit to his authority, if you'll submit to his direction, if you'll submit to what he's wooing you to do, coming for salvation, maybe surrendering to the ministry, whatever it may be, if God is dealing with you, you remember this. God can get you through it. Amen. I got a verse for you. I got a verse for you. Look at here. Jeremiah 32:27. Behold, I am. He is, ain't he? He said, I am the Lord. The God of all flesh, is there anything too hard for me? Anything, bless God, anything. There's some preach right there, amen. we got two more points, we need to move along, amen. Give me the other one, give me the other one, Brother Barnes, if you will. Mark 10, uh, 27, Jesus looking upon them saith with men, say with me, with men. It is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. Amen. Son, that submission stuff's hard. It is. I know it. I ain't going to stand up here and bless God, y'all. No. I haven't been there too many times. I know how it is to pray and cry and beg God not send me to Zimbabwe. Say amen. Y'all think, some of y'all think I'm just spirits and I've just always been. No, sir. I had to fear God in my heart all through Bible college. that God was going to send me to somewhere beyond the blue. Are y'all with me? whole time, even at Long Branch, I was still just nervous, nodded up, Lord, I, oh, God, help me. You know, but when I got to the place, well, if that's where God wants me, that'll be the happiest, but Lord, if that's where you want me to go, and God said, that ain't where I want you to go, but I just want you to be willing to go. How I ended up from going to Costa Rica to Alabama, I have no idea. Do you realize it don't snow in Costa Rica? They are snook long as my leg in Costa Rica. Are y'all with me? Hallelujah. But you know, God, I had to get to the point where I was, Amen. Lord, Costa Rica, Canada, Antarctica, whatever you want me. Amen. But you know, the only way you're going to get to that place is to realize if that's where God takes you, He is big enough to make you happy in the process. Amen. Amen. Brother Craig, brother Craig, we was we was uh, getting him ready to go yesterday morning. And he looked at me and he said, you'll, you'll probably spend the rest of your life right here. I said, God, I hope so. I do. I'm as happy as I've ever been. But I had to come to that point where I realized, hey, God knows more than I do. If God's wanting me to submit to something, then it must be good for me. It must be what I need. Because he knows everything. Church, say amen. amen. The lesson we learn in the garden in submission is that Listen, we need to understand the awareness and submission. He said, "Lord, all things are possible with you." But then, then B, write this down. Don't you to see the acceptance and submission? He said, "Nevertheless, nevertheless, boy, we got to come to that place in our life." God, I want this, but nevertheless, if this is God, I desire and I want to go this way, but. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou. Say amen. Listen, number one. Number one, we see a lesson through the, through the guest room. We, we, we learn a lesson in service. Number two, in the garden, when he was sweating those great drops of blood. He said, Lord, I know you can do anything. He was aware of God's ability, and he said, Lord, not my will. That's his acceptance, Lord, what thy will be done. We learn a lesson in submission. Submission. Then number three. Number three. We make it to a gruesome place. We come through the, the halls of Pilate where Jesus was scourged. We come through the halls of judgment where he is, he is falsely accused. Pilate gets to the place, stay with me now. Pilate gets to the place where he says, I find no fault in this man. And listen, he even got to the point, he tried his best to get him to turn him loose. He said, man, just let me scourge him and turn him loose. My wife was having dreams and saying, please have nothing to do with this righteous man. And he came through and they scourged him. The Bible says they put a cat of nine tails on his back and laid his back open, where you could see his insides, his intestines, in his rib cage. He was beat to the place you could not even tell he was a man. His visage was so marred you could not even tell he was a human being. They took a crown of thorns and they placed it upon his head and began with a reed and smote it down, two and a half inch long thorns down into his skull and then beat him in his head with the reed, mocking him and making fun of him, spitting into his face, pulling out his beard. The Bible says in Psalms, the bulls compassion me about. They bit upon, they were so, listen, they were so enraged that they even bit upon him with their own mouth. They put him in the middle of a circle and the soldiers would get around him and they would smite him and say, who did it? Who did it? If you're a prophet, won't you prophesy? Listen, tell who it was that... Here we are. Here we are climbing... The hill to Calvary. It's a place called Galgotha. The place of the skull. Let me read it to you. The Bible says. in John 19. John 19. It says. Verse six sixteen. 16. Then delivered he him therefore unto them to be crucified. And they took Jesus and led him away. And he bearing his cross went forth into a place called the place of a skull. Which is called in the Hebrew Galgotha. Where they crucified him two others with him on either side and Jesus in the midst Pilate wrote on a title and put it on the cross and the writing was Jesus of Nazareth the king of the Jews king of the Jews they crucified him they placed the spikes in his wrists and in his feet and he hung for six hours on a cross in agony listen he hung there They would bend the knees up. They would bend the knees up and put a platform on the cross so the person being crucified... Romans were so cruel. Crucifixion was such a gruesome and cruel way of execution that it was outlawed for Roman citizens. But the Roman soldiers were so wicked and they wanted to see pain in such a way. They would put that that platform so that the person being crucified would be able to stand... See, it was not necessarily the wounds that killed the person. It was usually uh, a suffocation because of the weight of the body. After the blood loss, they did not have enough strength to hold themselves up and the weight of the body would pull down on their, their chest cavity and suffocate them. But they would be able to stand with that platform. They would be able to stand and take a breath and then fall back down out of weakness and could not stand until the place that they eventually suffocated. And for six hours, the Lord hung on a cross between heaven and earth Amen. to pay for you and me. Say, preacher, what lesson can we learn from that? Oh, God told me last night. I Want you to write this down. I've got a verse. It's not in this particular chapter, but in First Peter chapter two. First Peter, look in your notes. It's right there in your notes underneath. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. Are you there? Say amen. amen. For even here unto were ye called, because Christ also what? Suffered. Suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. Huh? You mean if a Christian's right with God, they may suffer? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We may go through things we just don't understand, but this is the lesson. This is the lesson. Who did know he was innocent, yet he suffered. Neither was guile found in his mouth, yet he suffered. He was the total, listen, completely innocent lamb of God, yet he suffered. Watch this, this is the lesson. Who when he was reviled, say it with me. Oh, y'all way too silent on that. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. when he suffered, he, not. now watch this, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteous. Preacher, what's the lesson that we learn in the sufferings of the cross? Write this down, A. I want you to see the reaction to his suffering. The reaction to his sufferings. See, this is not really a shout out. This is a really learning type message. I wanted to come in here and shout and holler and, and care, and I, I just wanted to. But God said, Mm-mm. "You know," I said, "Okay, Amen." I was talking, I was talking to an. It's amazing you can you can move out of state and you still have to pastor people you pastored in the former state. Situation called, and I talked on the phone for a long time. And it, it's it's a a domestic domestic situation. It's a marital situation. The the gentleman got real ignorant and stupid, and 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 the young lady was talking to me and said, "Preacher, I want him to hurt like I am hurting." I said, "Ma'am, that's never going to happen." How many times do we want to retaliate because we want them to feel what they've done to me? And in our efforts, now listen, y'all, I I, I know this ain't a typical, but somebody needs this. In our effort, in our effort to make that person hurt like we hurt, we end up hurting ourselves worse. Ahithophel, I've told you this before Ahithophel was the granddaddy of Bathsheba He was hurting, David hurt him David hurt his granddaughter uh, Listen, his great grandbaby died Because of the sin of David And he wanted to get David back He wanted David to feel what he felt He wanted David to hurt like he hurt And when it did not happen He went out and committed suicide Because of instead of getting better He got bitter And he wanted to hurt somebody else He wanted them to feel what I feel But Jesus suffered on the cross Beyond any mortal man Yet he did did not fight back. Amen. Let me say this. Brother Kenneth, would you agree with me that this is easy preaching but hard living? There ain't a person in this room that don't like get to be done wrong no worse than your preaching. I know that's not good English, but that's the best way I can say it. with us dad who was with us uncle chuck did you go to the racetrack when we went to the racetrack brother terry when that guy cut you off i was jumping on the fence run him off the road run him off get him off the track what's wrong with him running brother terry what's wrong with him Made brother terry go to the back and 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 you bumped him a little i saw that that was good i was true bump him again amen you know brother bobby you was cheering too don't tell no lie you was right beside me that ain't right, bless God, get him off, you know. That's our nature, isn't it? That's our nature to want that and to desire that and want somebody, hey, hey, you done me wrong, I'm going to do you wrong. Hey, 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 you stick me in mine, I'm going to stick in your eye, Jesus said. Mm-mm. I've, seen, I've seen people interviewed that had loved ones killed by a murder, a wicked murderer, and they lived for the day. They lived for the day that they could sit in that guest room in the gas chamber and watch that person take their last breath. And they were interviewed after. They said, well, how do you feel? Does this justify, does this make you feel better? And they were tears in their eyes. said, I don't feel any better whatsoever. You know why? That person taking their last breath is not going to bring your loved one back. Now, you, are you one of them? T- no, I believe, I believe in justice. I believe in the death penalty. I believe in whooping children when they get ignorant on you. I, I, it's in the Bible. I'm not, no, I'm, not no, I'm not no tree hugger. Trust me. I'm not none of that. But I'm telling you this. Sometimes things will happen to us. David was being run out of town. David was being run out by his own son. And a man who was of the family of Saul, Saul was the king before David. And this man came out and said, "Uh uh-huh, you're getting what you deserve, Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. It ought to be Saul's family that's in the kingdom right? It ought to be. And David was anointed. David was put there by God. Yet this man came cussing him and throwing stones and throwing dust and saying, "Uh uh-huh, oh, yeah. Look what's happening to you now. You're finally getting what you deserve. One of David's men said, how dare he? Let me go take his head off. David said, leave him alone. The most powerful statement I've ever heard. Maybe it is God using him to develop me. Wow. You know what he was saying? Let him cuss. I'm moving on. Do you realize sometimes the Lord will use suffering? The Bible even teaches... That Jesus himself learned obedience through his suffering. Maybe it is somebody, you feel like somebody's done you wrong. Maybe you feel like somebody, listen, they've they've, they've done you wrong, and you just, listen, best thing you can do is ask the Lord to help you in this situation. Watch what it says. Give me my verse one more time, Brother Barnes. When he was reviled, he reviled not again. Go Go to that one. When he was reviled... He reviled not again. When he suffered, he. But watch what he did, and this is what we need to learn how to do. But he committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. I had a situation. He was running around just, just railing on me. Some of the staff said, Preacher, what are you going to do? I'm not going to do anything. Say, Why are you not going to do anything? Because God's bigger than I am. And God knows where I stand. God knows my heart. God knows what I've done. And God knows I didn't do anything that He didn't tell me to do. And God's big enough to handle it. Amen. And you know what God told me to do? Y'all ain't gonna believe this. This is gonna be a real shocker. But God said, "Do something nice for." Me. I said, "Lord, did you? I don't. Did you hear what they said about?" Me? I don't know if you you might have missed that memo, but they they don't like me. And you know what? I tell you, I'm telling you, I'm preaching the gospel this morning. The minute I done that deed that God told me to do to be nice, God whew, took it all away. I was free. I had that bitterness, I had that anger, I had that, that it was all there. I mean, it was. All, I'm human too. And I wanted to get, but the minute I did that and just trusted God with it, he took it away. What lesson do we learn on Calvary? A lesson in reaction. Don't react back, trust God with it. Somebody lashes out to you, you let God handle it. And that'll keep you from getting bitter and it'll make you better. Say amen. I want you see the reaction to his sufferings. Then, then number two, or B, I want you to see this. The realization in his sufferings. The realization in his sufferings. The Bible says this, and I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I know you're getting fidgety just, just, just a little bit longer. It says in Hebrews 12, look in your, look in your notes right there. Are you there? Say amen. Hebrews 12, verse one, "Wherefore, seeing we also are compassionate about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which is so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now watch this. This is what we need to realize when we're suffering. Looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the who for the that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Preacher, what are you saying? The whole time? The whole time he was suffering, every nail that went into his skin every strike that came across his back, every time they spit on him, every time they pulled out his beard, every time they bit upon him with their own mouth, every time they kicked him and denied him and mocked him and made fun of him, he was looking beyond the cross. He was looking beyond the suffering. He was looking beyond the betrayal. He was looking beyond the beating and looking way down in the journals of time and seeing old hobo getting saved, seeing Scott getting saved, seeing Bobby getting saved, seeing hey, 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 It's all going to be worth it one day. One day, one day, there's people that's going to come out of sin. And trust me, there's people that's going to come out of where they're at. They're going to come out of that horrible pit. And I'm going to put a new song in their mouth. And they're going to stand in the choir and sing, What a mighty God we serve. He looked beyond what he was going through for the joy that was set before him. When you're suffering, When you're going through what you're going through, you need to look past what you're dealing with. You need to look beyond that because God has restored relationships in my life. When I went through suffering and I went through things that technically I didn't deserve, they restored and then, listen, we're best friends again. When you're suffering, you need to realize God's got a purpose on the other end. I can't say no better than that preacher did. God's got a bigger picture. Listen, it's a bigger picture than what you're going through right now. You can't see it, you don't understand it, but listen, there is a bigger picture. Church say amen. amen. Last of all, this is the good. Un. Church say amen. 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 What lesson did we learn in the guest room? That's number one. What lesson did we learn in the guest room? What lesson did we learn in the garden? What lesson did we learn at Galgotha? A lesson in suffering, what we learned at the tomb, at the grave, at the empty grave, at the resurrection grave, at the grave where there wasn't nobody there, at the grave where he went in and three days he got up again. Are y'all with me? At that grave, we learned a lesson in shouting. Now, if you don't like shouting... Uh, If you don't like excitement, if you don't like joy, if you don't like clapping your hands, if you don't like saying amen, listen, you're going to be way out of place when you get in heaven because I have learned this and I have studied. Go over there. And listen, it'll break your theology when you bust around Revelation chapter 4 and Revelation chapter 5 because the Bible said they sang with a loud voice. Listen, they lifted up their voices before God. How in the world can you be a knot on a log after God's done so good to you? How in the world can you go before him? and not have any emotion whatsoever, not have any excitement whatsoever. No, sir, when they came to that tomb and there was nobody there, when they came to the tomb and the angel said, Hey, why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. He has done just exactly what he said he was going to do. He'd been telling you and telling you and telling you and you would not pay attention. But I'm here to tell you, if you're looking for Jesus, you're looking in the wrong place. And the Bible said, I got a verse, I got a verse, I got a verse. The Bible said, listen, when they got there, the Bible said in Matthew chapter number 28, verse number 8, and they departed quickly, quickly from the sepulcher with fear and what? Great joy. And Great joy. the Bible says, 1 Peter 1, 3. 1 Peter 1, 3 is right on the next verse. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy, watch this, hath begotten us again unto a lively hope. Say that with me. A lively hope. Not a dead one, not a dried up one, not a comatose one. A lively hope. And aware, an Oh, say amen. A lively hope by what? The resurrection of Jesus Christ. What is He saying? Because He got up You need to speak up. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. It says rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. We need to shout it from the rooftop. He's got up. He is risen. I serve a risen Savior. Give Him praise and glory. What lesson? What lesson? I ain't finished yet. I got a good one. The best one's on the end. Amen. Listen, listen, we shout because of the happiness. Look in there. Hey, write that down. The gladness that we experience. The gladness we experience. We come and they sing, Arise, my love. We come and they sing, I know my Redeemer lives because I talked to Him this morning. I can't help it when it gets to that part. It makes me want to run the aisle. I'm telling you, I don't serve a statue. I don't serve a tree. I don't serve them cows like they do in India. I don't serve a God that cannot hear. I don't serve a God who cannot touch. I don't serve a God who cannot heal. I serve a living, breathing Savior who's on the right hand of God today. He is very aware of my need. He's very able to meet my need. You ought to give Him praise in the house this morning i'm glad i ain't gonna come in here and act like a a, a, listen a moaning groaning people that don't have nothing to be happy about bless god that's not the way church is supposed to be this is not a mortuary or a monastery this is a place for excitement it's got more excitement than the movie house it's got more authority than the White House. It's got more prisoners released than the jailhouse. I don't think you're with me this amen. morning. This is the house of God, and there ain't no place like it. Amen. And the reason we have all these things is because he got up. Amen. Amen. Woo, say amen. I'm waiting for my second win. Listen, I, I, I made up my mind. Life's too short to be grumpy. Some of y'all need that memo. Home oh, ain't no sense in being grumpy. This ain't a place for whining. It's a place for shining. This ain't a place for sinning. It's a place for winning. Ain't a place for complaining. It's a place for claiming. Are y'all with me? The Lord's so good. So good. He is the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley. Listen, listen, let me just brag on him a little bit because I like doing it, all right? To the astronomer, he's the bright and the morning star. To the botanist, he's the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. To the historian, he is the ancient of days. To the hungry, he's the bread of life. To the, listen, oh, hallelujah. Listen, to the thirsty, he is the living water. To the dead, he is the resurrection. Are y'all with me? He serves in authority. He serves in love. He serves in compassion. He is on the throne today, and the devil can't take it away. He is not going to resign. You can't make him quit. He loves me like I was his only child. He'll never take his love from me. He'll never, ever give up on me. You got Bible for that? Yes, sir, I got Bible. If any man come unto me, I will in no wise cast out. Hallelujah to Jesus. He loves me today. You ought to be glad about it. We'll be glad about it. This is the cool one here. I've messed around all day to get to this point right here. Listen, we learn a lesson in shouting because of the, the gladness we experience. This is the cool one. Are y'all ready? Y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't ready. Don't y'all like how John Lewis. Oh, no, no, no. That boy's retarded, ain't he? Help us, Jesus. I don't know why we have him back. I guess we just love him so much. Amen. He's so pitiful, we just have to help him. Amen. Listen, we shout because of the gladness we experience. Can you imagine? Can you imagine them ladies leaving that tomb wide open? Whoo! Lord, he done got up. wait till they hear. Oh, God, wait till Peter hear. Oh, Peter, he done been messed up and crying and squalling and denying and rejecting. Oh, wait till. Oh, help us now. That's the way we ought to be telling our friends. That's the way we ought to be when we come to the house of God. Listen, if more people came in here and and we look like we like what we do, and they might want to do it too. Listen, the gladness we experience. (laughs) And then be. Listen, we shout around here. Because of the glory we're expecting. Some of y'all ain't going to get that right away. Because you're a little slow. <laughs> about, about midnight, you're going to jump, slam out your bed and say, Woo! I get it! Don't call me, I'll just trust you with it. Amen? <laughs> the glory we expect. How many of y'all ever been to a funeral? How many of them? How many of y'all dislike him as much as your preacher? Amen. I hate him. I hate him. We're, 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 in the, we're, we're looking for a funeral preacher to hire. <laughs> the men don't know that yet, but we're looking for him. That way I can just do the... I ain't much on weddings neither. I'm going to let Brother Barry, one of them, do the weddings and, I'm going to just come in here and do the good stuff. Man, I hate a funeral. I hate seeing people talk. I'm not going nowhere. Don't put them nuts away. You got my, I might say something you like. You go to a funeral and you see people squalling. You see people broken. And, man, I, I can't help. I can't, I'm not the type. I'm not the type that just be strong. Just, just, just. I've been to funerals and the preachers look like they're robots. Bless God. Man, I'll get up there and I'll see some... <laughs> I just start squalling with them. I can't help it. Man, I just get tore up with them. Man, I know. Oh, God help us all. And man, it tears me up. And we'll get to that graveside. And some they don't want to leave. Because in their heart and their mind, they see their... Your loved one, and they—they they don't want to leave. They don't want to. They don't want to get away from. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Amen. If you're saved this morning, you got hope. Amen. Cause the grave ain't got no power over you. Amen. Let me read a verse. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 3, it's right in your notes. See, if you put it up now, you can't read it. 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. I don't know if when I die and when he comes back, if I die at 50, that I'm going to be turned back to 30. Some say that we're all going to be 30. How many of y'all like to be 30 again? How many of y'all are lying right now? (laughs) Some say Jesus was 33 years, 33 and 30 years old when he left, and and it says we don't know what we shall be, but we shall be like him. Some say that everybody's going to get to that age. I I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to even contemplate on that. But I do know this right here. The Bible says, uh, (laughs) it does not yet appear what we shall be. Apparently John wasn't real sure about it neither. But he said, but we know that when he shall appear. (laughs) Who? The resurrection. When he shall appear. On resurrection morn. On resurrection morn he's coming again. And when he shall appear. Say it with me. We shall be like him. Jesus ain't got no cataracts. Jesus did not have any cancer. He didn't have any leukemia. He didn't have any sinus problems. He didn't have any allergies. Oh, God, I wish you'd get with me this morning. He didn't have any pain whatsoever as far as sickness goes because he didn't have any sin. And sin brings death. The curse is on death. He, listen, he couldn't have died unless he gave it up. And when we see him, when that trumpet sounds, Oh, say Amen. When the trumpet sounds, we're going to see him as he is, and we're going to be just like him. Give him praise and glory. I got one more. I got one more. First Corinthians fifteen forty two. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. I'm going down to the ground broken. I'm going down and they're going to put me in the grave and my body's going to rot because I'm corruptible. I'm messed up. I was born in sin I, the day I was born I began to die and when they put me in the ground I'm going in corruption but one day I'm going to be raised and in corruption yeah. listen give me the next verse give me the next verse real quickly the Bible said it is sown in dishonor." I'm going down a sinner I'm going I'm forgiven but I'm still a sinner I'm forgiven but I still make mistakes I'm saved but I still mess up how many of y'all can relate to that here this morning hey we still try and try and try but we still fail and fail and fail and we go down in dishonor but it is raised in glory brand new a brand new body. It is, oh, oh yeah, sown in weakness. I can't fix myself. I can't help myself sometimes and I go down in weakness. But I'm going to come up in power. I'm going to come up in glory. I'm going to come up in incorruption. I'm going to come up a brand new body never to be the same again. Why can we look at that grave and see and shout? Because he got up and one day he's going to bring us up. Amen. Hallelujah to Jesus. I am he that liveth and was dead, and now I'm alive forevermore. If Jesus tarries his coming, I may die. I doubt it, but I may die. But if I do, I ain't going to die but one time. What are you talking about one time? Oh, there is a second death. The Bible says all those whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life will be cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. You know what I'd do this morning if I was you? If I was not saved, if I was not saved and sure I was saved, I'd find this altar as hard as I could and make sure I'd only go and die one time. Listen, at the grave, he taught us a lesson in shouting. Don't go to church and be a knot on a log. Are you with me? Amen. Go to church and act like you have something worth having. That's what they did. They left that tomb with great joy. Church, say amen. amen. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful and thankful.